like the first time that actually kind of worked out so <laughs> finally a win for the penguins <laughs> Welcome, where's my stick if you're new, and welcome back if you aren't. I'm Christy. And I'm Danielle. Okay, so we are just kind of going to jump into it, and we're going to start with good-ish news first, which is, I feel like, uncharacteristic for us, but (laughs) the NHL and ESPN um, came to an agreement for the media, media deal starting next season. So hockey will be back on ESPN for the first time since 2004. So Disney, ESPN, and the NHL announced a seven-year seven-year media rights deal to start next season, and that will run through the 2027-2028 season. So part of the deal um, entails that the Cup Final will be on ABC, for four of the seven seasons and ABC and ESPN will carry one conference final series and half of the first and second round games in the playoffs each season plus 25 regular season games and the for the rest of the the other three years those media rights are still being negotiated and NBC is still in the running and other networks are still being you know, they're still in the running to see who's going to get those three years. According to Chris Johnson, he said that the deal, when finalized, should total around $2.8 billion. And I don't know about you, Danielle, but I feel like that's a lot of money for the NHL rights or for their media (laughs) rights because not a lot of people watch hockey. Um, But I think um, ESPN... And Gary Bettman, they both were saying that it's a win-win for both sides because the NHL wants to attract younger people. And if they're on a more accessible platform, that will be easier for them. So Gary Bettman said that this deal reflects the reality of what the media world's looking like right now. Everybody knows that cord cutting and streaming platform are growing dramatically. This is an opportunity for our younger fans to give them what they want on the places where they go for content. What are your thoughts? I mean, I think this is a good deal. I I think after having a couple of days to like sit on this deal, I'm not as like shocked and like surprised that the the NHL would go this route. I think it's necessary and I forget who I was either reading about this on or listening to talk about this, but they were saying that like when the NHL did their deal with NBC, this was, they'd locked in for like 10 years at a time where TV rights were like only growing. And so this deal reflects like what it is now. So it looks like, it sounds like it's a lot for us, but this is like what it should be. And it's because like the NHL got (laughs) gypped so bad last time. that we're all like oh my god this is so much money but like this is the reality now so I love that it's split into two I love that they have they're going to try to be on two different platforms or stream into or you know make hockey accessible in so many different media you know networks um because like you said it does grow the game and it's it if it's easier to access, more people will watch it. And, and like, I didn't even realize, but, like, thinking about it, that's so true. Because, I mean, I before I, like, I had to get NHL TV to watch NHL games. Mm-hmm. And, like, because I, especially me, because where I live is I'm out of market on the teams that I watch the most. So, like, the teams that I had to watch, I had to get NHL TV. And so, it's just. It's, it wasn't easy. I mean, I did it because I'm insane, but, like, it, it was not easy. So anyone who, like, doesn't have the means or the funds to get NHL TV or whatever, it's on Hulu, which a lot of people have, or ES or ESPN Plus, which, like, with Disney, um, Disney Plus. It's bundled. It's going to be a way that, yeah, like, it's bundled. Like, there's an easy way to watch hockey. And, yeah, I just think that's a great deal. Like, that's great. As someone who has NHL TV, I just hope that I'll be able to watch, like, 
the Canucks or, you know, the Sabres or whatever team that's not my normal go-to team whenever I want. Oh, something I forgot to mention is I think that because of ESPN, there is going to be like a a lot of out of market games that are going to be streaming on these platforms. So instead of having to get NHL TV, you could just watch it on like ESPN Plus or Hulu. Yeah, I think Sean Shapiro uh, tweeted that out saying like, yeah, this is basically like this deal is basically making NHL TV irrelevant, which is fine because the more I can condense my streaming platforms that I have, (laughs) the better because again, I'm part of the like cord cutting group and I want I don't want to be paying uh, like so many different streams that makes it like I'm paying cable so I think this is a good idea I wonder who is the second part of the deal um if it's NBC or if it's like Like another platform yeah like Fox or somewhere else um I'm really excited for like new people to be talking about hockey um no shade to the NBC crew but Honestly, well, actually, no. Shade to them; Shade they're to not them. great. We're just stuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it's like it's Patrick Sharp and who else? Like, I mean, uh, people could say Catherine Tappen, and like she's okay, she's fine. But I like new faces would be nice. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, I think with having the multiple platforms broadcasting NHL games, it like breeds competition in what you. And what they're going to report, because I'll see, like, I'll watch, like, um, Fox Sports, and they're covering, like, a football game, and they'll always throw shade at the other networks. It's just like, well, we do this at this network compared to this other network that does this, and I, I think that would be, I think that will help with the creativity of, um, of broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, I, it. You're absolutely right in the fact that it does breed, like, competition. I mean, this, this uh, you know, media rights is seven years, so it is a good amount of time, but it's with Disney, which can only go up, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. So maybe, um, hopefully it does still breed that competition, and who knows what the second half of the package or whoever's going to stream it, how long that is. Yeah. Um. So, and I kind of like that it's going to be on ABC because no shade to NBC, but watching hockey games, like you have to have that channel, the NBC sports channel and like everyone has ABC. So like you don't need cable for that. Um, And I think that's something that helps. um, What's it? Basketball and football is that they're on um, regular networks. So, like, people have access mm-hmm. to watch them. Because I'll put on a random base basketball game if it's on. And now people can do that with hockey. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. I forgot that, yeah, you have to have NBC Sports to watch any of the games. Yeah. That's true. I have to use my sister's password. Um But moving on from that, so the NHL, not the NHL, Bill Daly, he announced that the NHL still plans on having the draft this July. I know a lot of general managers kind of wanted to push it, but that would just create more logistical problems. So they're they're just going to go ahead and have it in July and then general managers will just have to deal. Yeah, I'm, like, shocked that the general managers would even want to say, let's push it back because, first of all, TV rights. Second of all, the NHL is trying to get back on track with, like, its timing of everything, and they want to start in October. So, like, it would make no sense to push the draft back. Um, <laughs> they wanted two drafts and, next for next yeah. year. And, like, I completely understand where, like, some of the scouts are coming from talking about, like, well, we didn't, a lot of players didn't get to play or like we weren't able to see them in person. But that actually falls more on like your organization. Like you should have a European scout. You should have a Canadian scout or like whatever, Western hockey or OHL, whatever, to be watching some of the games or at least be able to go in person to the games that are happening. Right, right. So I don't know. I just feel like that's another of the GMs <laughs> but, like trying to get a little. But then I feel like, a lot of the draft is just taking a flyer out on someone. And this mm-hmm. season, it's just going to be more of that. 
Yeah, that's so true. I heard someone saying like with the pandemic and everything and like hockey schedules being so messed up as it is, this draft is like who like people are going to pick in the first round and it's basically not going to be that big of a. Yeah, it's not like, you know, like, I mean, it's going to be like you can pick the first overall the in, in the first round and get a crappy player <laughs> or you can pick in the fifth round and get a pretty good player. So fingers crossed for the Penguins who have like a, a second round pick, a fifth round pick and like seven round picks. <laughs> yeah, this is a good draft for the Penguins not to have their first round pick. <laughs> exactly. First time, like the first time that actually kind of worked out. So <laughs> finally a win for the Penguins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But other, moving on to, like, other draft changes or other draft news, I th- there were some proposed rumblings about certain draft changes or draft rules of where people would be placed in the draft. So teams would be limited to no more than two lottery wins in a five-year period. Teams would only be allowed to jump 10 spots with a lottery win. And there would be a reduction in the number of picks decided by the lottery from three to two. So I guess if these changes get approved, the earliest that the first two could take place would be the 2022 draft. And then this last change could happen this draft. So the reductions, the reduction in the number of picks decided by the lottery from three to two, that could happen this draft if it's approved. But they have to go through a whole process with, like, the Board of Governors. And, like, I feel like maybe we should just stop tinkering with the draft. Because it's making it more and more complicated. Like, well, who's going to remember yeah, these I, rules? Exactly. Like, why can't it just be the, the worst team in the league gets the first overall pick? They're trying. I feel like they're trying too hard to eliminate tanking. And then they made these rules where you have to win, like, certain lotteries to get first second and third but then detroit continuously um gets four yeah it's yeah but like my thing is that like besides the buffalo sabers in 2000 and what 14 15 season who else is like actively tanking now right like detroit was like they're they just were bad. bad they're just that bad like the sabers they're just that bad like ottawa they're just that bad you know what I'm saying? So, like, to me, that little, like, caveat is just weird. I mean, as a selfish fan, I'm happy that, like, a teams, would be, teams would be limited to no more than, like, two lottery wins in five years because that means that the Rangers, the Devils can't get the first overall pick anymore. And that just, like, because the Metro, it's just... It's too much. It's too, <laughs> there's too many first round picks in the Metro. It's too much. Oh, man. And like, that means that like, maybe this opens up a possibility for the Penguins in the future. <laughs> so, like, but no, they wouldn't be allowed to jump more than 10 spots. So if they make okay, it into the playoffs. In the future. Oh, if, yeah. In the bad. future. They're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. But then they might be limited to the, the two lottery wins. Okay. And then that's all it should take. Like, <laughs> you, you have seven rounds. Like, it's not. I mean, yes, you need your your key players, but you also need, like, good depth players. And if you need to be like Edmonton and get first-round pick after first-round pick after first-round pick, or, like, Buffalo, where you need to pick in the top ten for, like, six years in a row. And then not have then not we, all then of we them have hit. Like, yeah, like, we have an issue. Like, there's a lot of problems besides the draft. I mean... Yes, but I I feel like I feel like you got to hit on all of those draft picks like for it to be I don't know. I feel like not all draft picks work out. So yes, you can win lotteries, True. but you know, you just never know. And but but there's never a team recently, I'll say, that has won cups because of only because of their first round draft picks. Like, it's depth players that come up. There's there's trades that they've made. There's, yeah. you know, moves that were made in season that have helped them. Because it's not all about, like, top-end skill. Because if it would, make like, the Oilers would have won a cup by now. They haven't. 
They haven't even. They've lost to the Blackhawks in the playing round last season. Like you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's to me, it's not all about like those key guys. Yes, those guys are super important, and I'm not saying that you don't need them. But it's it takes a lot more to win a Stanley Cup than just your your first round picks. Because if that was the case, then like oh, like t- 2010 to 2015, what was going on in P- Pittsburgh? A lot because of they things. had Sid, they had Malkin, and they had Flurry, and that's three first, uh, like, you know, first or second overall picks, and they couldn't win a cup. Because I just feel like there's more there's more that you need to win a cup than just your your players. And, and I feel like if, they're, if a team's tanking that long, if they need more than just two first-round picks in a five-year period that they got <laughs> from the draft – then that's on them. That's not on the draft. Yeah. Yeah. But I do see what you're saying. So are you for these changes or against them? Um, so, I mean, like, my opinion on it is I feel like the draft shouldn't be this complicated. It just should be, should be like, who was the worst in the league and who was the best in the league. And then it just goes opposite of that. The mm-hmm. worst gets the best. And then the the best gets the 31st or 32nd overall pick if they have their first round pick. That's what I think. But these changes, I mean, like I said, as a selfish fan, I like that teams can't get to any, because like the situation that's going on in Edmonton, like that's not right. Like I get that these kids don't, like they don't have a lot of power. And, like, if they're all going to a team that sucks, like, if these really talented guys continuously go to a team that sucks, that's that's weighing on their mental health. Yeah. And it's just not fair to other fan bases. Like, Detroit, like, I get it. I get that everyone's, like, we're all holding our breath because we know Detroit's going to be good soon. We know it. But it's not fair. They were they were the worst team in the league. And By they had a mile. Fourth. Yeah, and I know that people are saying, like, well, they, they got pr- – they got a good player at fourth. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, you could definitely say that the Avs who didn't have a first overall pick or was they, they had, McKinnon in a first round? McKinnon was one, but like in 2013. Yeah, they were like really bad and didn't get the first overall. Oh, oh, that was a couple of years ago. They got the fourth overall pick when they drafted yeah. McCarr. And I know, yeah, and people are saying like, look, it, lo- it worked out good for them, but it did. But at the same time, it's still not like if they were the worst team in the league, they should have got the first overall pick is what I'm saying. So like, I don't like these, these draft changes don't affect me yet. They will. And I guess that's why I don't have like hardcore opinions on it. My hardcore opinion is that the draft should just be simple. Whoever was the worst team should get it, but it doesn't seem like the NHL is going to do that. So, I mean, I don't mind it. Like I said, I'm a selfish fan. I don't want New Jersey or the Rangers to get the first overall pick anymore. It's too I f- much. I feel like you I... keep saying that and you are going to jinx it once again because they are both bad this year. I mean, maybe I do. Maybe, like, who knows? But Ottawa's bad this year. The Sabres are bad this year. Um, <laughs> there's other teams that have been bad this year. I know we watch those teams a lot because they're in our division. But so, I don't know. But I'm just, like, no more in the Metro. Like, no more. So you're just that's like only, you're just like I don't care what happens as long as no more teams, not the Penguins in the Metro, get the win lotteries. You're good. I mean, I yeah, guess yeah, like flyers. I would just, yeah, I would just, I would, yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. That's that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I mean, I've I've been very vocal. I mean, I think I agree in that. Like, I think they're just making it way too complicated trying to fight something that we have no proof has happened and I think they should just make it simple the worst team gets the first overall pick because like we have no real proof that anyone tanks in this league very true at least this the past two seasons yeah okay so moving on to just really, really disappointing news. So there have been reports of just like racist incidents in the mi- in minor leagues. So the okay, so because this story gets confusing, but the hockey player of color movement tweeted out a video where you can hear 
monkey noises during a game between two teams in the CBHL, so the Chesapeake Bay Hockey League. And the teams were um, the Ashburn or Ashburn Extreme and the Frederick Freeze. So in the video, um, it's alleged, I guess, that the Ashburn Extreme were they were making monkey noises to the black players on the Frederick um, Freeze. And so the Ashburn Extreme, they have a Twitter, but it's private. So they you couldn't see a statement on there, but they did make a statement on their website saying that there has been an allegation of racism raised against a player in our club. The Ashburn Extreme takes every allegation of racism very seriously. We are committed to ensuring we provide a competitive athletic environment in which everyone is welcome and one is and one in which everyone feels safe. PVAHA is conducting their own investigation and will support the outcome of that investigation and abide by direction provided by Safe Sport and USA Hockey to ensure a safe and respectful environment for all athletes. So and I, this incident, I'm pretty sure, happened in January. But then there was another incident where um, these are the same two teams where the players on the Frederick Freeze were saying that the players on the Ashburn Extreme were calling them racial slurs. Like two of the black players said that they called them the N-word. And then you had a couple of Asian players saying that they called them Asian slurs and were telling them to go back to wherever they came from. And then, and I think they said that they were also investigating the incident, but it's really unclear because when they talk about it, they talk about it like it's two, it's one incident. But mm. when you read the articles, it's, it sounds like it's two separate incidences. The video is something that just came out because they were saying that they couldn't find the video. And that's when the hockey player of color movement tweeted out the video where you can hear the, the noises. So, you know, this incident it's it's so unfortunate and it like breaks your heart but it's not surprising I mean for as long as we've had this podcast we've talked about incidents like this that have happened in lower leagues and it just to me screams no level in hockey is going to really take a stand for this like it it has to come from the top like, it has to come from the NHL. It has to come from USA Hockey. It has to come from Hockey Canada. And it's not because they're not, they don't take this seriously. Right. And it's so clear that they don't take this seriously. I mean, how many times have we talked about the NHL and how, you know, what the the HDA wanted the NHL to do? And they were like, no. And... They were all obtainable things, and yet they said no. So it's just so clear that they, the, they're just going to continue to let these things happen. And USA Hockey or Hockey Canada or, you know, the NHL, it's so frustrating because they always want to talk about, like, hockey is for everyone. Like, right. here's our diversity and inclusion. And they always want to talk about, like, oh, we're going into inner city or, like, um, underdeveloped communities and, like, trying to get, like, black kids to skate and, like, kids of color to skate and, like, blah, blah, blah to skate and, like, have them take pictures with hockey players and, like, all this. But they don't even protect the players in, of color in their in these lower leagues from these incidents. So, like, you want more kids to come up, to come and play just so that everyone can say that you are diverse and you're not racist but the kids are all experiencing racism and racial slurs thrown at them in a game. Like, if you can't protect the kids, what are we doing here? Right, right. Like, you want them to play hockey so they can get verbally abused while they're in their most, like, vulnerable mm-hmm. ages? <laughs> like, like, those kids were livid. They were just like how they were just really furious and just so upsetting because... The excuse that they were given was that there was no discipline on the ice because the refs didn't hear anything. But in that video, like, you can obviously like, how did hear you the noises. Hear? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like... And that, like, there's tons of of situations where this exact thing happens. Like, the refs aren't 
holding kids accountable. Like they, oh, they didn't hear like, okay, but you hear a video of it happening. So like, what are you there <laughs> you for? Clearly... <laughs> like if, I, if a, a really player good... looks at you funny, it's a penalty. But like if they make racist remarks, nothing happens. It's just like, a... and this is that, this is where it feels like it's just, I don't know. I feel so overwhelmed because it's not just players, like kids that are racist. It's not just the parents that are racist. It's not just the coaches that are racist. It's it's everyone. It's like the the no one's holding anyone accountable. Right. And like it it screams that there's undertones of racism at every single level. And that's yeah. just like no wonder like People don't want to put their kids in hockey. Like, people of color, black people, they don't want to put their kids in hockey. It's completely understandable. Why would you subject your kid to this? Yeah, exactly. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't even leave my kid anywhere near them. It's not a safe space for black kids and kids of color. Yeah. That's just it. It's not. And then, like, those that do make it up to, like... You know, even the possibility of going to the NHL, they're fearful that their color is going to be held against them, which is valid because there's been so many instances where that has happened. Yeah. So speaking of um, Arjun Sawa, who is the son of the first South Asian player, Robin Sawa, who was drafted in 1989, so not that long ago, um, in a video posted by... Amrit Gill, he talked briefly about his fears of just not getting drafted in two years because of the color of his skin. And the first part was kind of cut off, but I think he was talking about other players of color and what he would tell them. And he was just like, don't let your fear, you know, stop you from playing hockey. But then he's talking about his fear of the color Mm. of his skin preventing him from being drafted. And that's just really sad. The video was just very sad. And like, to your point, what else is he going to say to kids that look like him or kids, other kids of color? Like, what is he going to say? Like, yeah, don't do it. It effing sucked. Like, all the players of color and black players in the league are always just like, you just, I mean, it's tough. You just got to push through. Like, if you love it, you got to keep doing it. But, but that's not the point. If they love it, they should just like push through. Like, that's with like training and like, you know, like skills and like you know if it being hard physically then you pushing through to do it but like not pushing through like the racism and the hatred that you you get every day just because you want to do a sport you love exactly like it's just so disheartening and I'm very like proud of him for speaking out about this because like he could get a lot of backlash like when you look at some of the replies on there it's just like people are like if he's good enough he won't have to worry like fuck you like that's not like I hate bringing up Seth Jones but like he was good enough and he got like there were he dropped teams that didn't draft him yeah why did he drop you know what I'm saying like everyone needs a number one defenseman and I hate to say it but he's a number one not this year but Quentin Byfield I mean well he like (laughs) Byfield during his like draft year there were all these like reports saying that Mm -hmm. he's like really like lackadaisical he doesn't work as hard as other players yes. or just real real things that people wouldn't say like it's like to yeah Lafreniere or something like it's like judgment on his character when none of them know him you can watch a player and not be able to ju- like his like talk on on his character and like all the coaches that have coached Byfield like they didn't echo what those scouts were saying yeah I don't know. It's just sad and it's just unfortunate. And it's like, they're kids. They're kids. They shouldn't have to worry about this, but yet they do. And that's, that's sad. That's frustrating. Just for playing a game that they like. This, like, these incidents that we talked about, we go on with our, like, our day-to-day and, like, you know, we talk about it and then we might not hear anything. But these, these things are happening every day. Yeah. For every story that we talk about, there's stories that don't don't get recognition. Mm-hmm. And just kudos to the people who are shining light on these situations. And, um, and like, I don't know, anyone listening, if there's any way that, you know, 
fans can help, please, like, let us know because, I don't know, it just makes me sick to my stomach to, like, watch a game and, like, enjoy watching hockey and, like, know that kids that look like me or kids that look like my nephew are having to deal with this stuff, so. (laughs) I'm not a move on, but... (laughs) Moving on, <laughs> moving on to the Penguins. Good week for them. Four game win streak, all in regulation. So currently they sit third in the East by points and fourth in the East by points percentage, which we will take. Um, I'll take that any day of the week. So the last five games. They won four straight, and their last loss was against the Flyers, um, four to three. So, what are how? What's your temperature on the Penguins right now? Okay, so like, here's the thing. I don't like. I don't mind it, but I don't like when the Penguins make me like eat crow. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, cause like a couple episodes again, I was like, if Casper Kapanen is like a player that wows me every night, like that's ridiculous. He shouldn't be the <laughs> player that wows me. And like, he is wowing me every night. Like, this is what I want for Malkin. Like, I want him to have a lining that he like could set him up and that he could have consistency with. And like, they always take his linemates with it. He always finds chemistry with someone and I'm just, really happy and I just could cry like two Leos together doing Leo things like being dramatic not really playing defense I love it (laughs) I think the thing with Malkin though and his line mates is that it's never the people that you expect like people wanted Cappy for Sid or they wanted him on like the fourth line and the fact that him and Malkin are getting getting along the fact that they're playing so well together i feel like that's poetic justice for malkin like here's the thing it's always sid or the fourth line it's never (laughs) malkin do you ever notice that like daniel sprung he gotta play with sid or he's on the fourth line but that one time he played with malkin (laughs) he's malkin set him up for a goal it's it's always either sid or the third, fourth line. It's never Gino. I don't know why. And it's like history shows that every time they get a winger for Sid, he plays better with Malkin. And like, I mean, we're talking about Phil Kessel, James Neal. I'm sure there's other guys, but that's past my time. <laughs> before, uh, before my time. <laughs> yeah, before my time. I don't get it. I don't get why that's not like one of the first things, but I will say that it is poetic justice and it's a beautiful thing. And I'm very happy and I'm very proud and I'm very like, I enjoy it. Like Christy, you know, I have been not a fan of Casper Kapanen, but I always He's always been on my radar. Yeah. I dipped and dabbled with Casper Kapanen. So this is appealing to me specifically. Very. Very, very appealing to you. But I think with Malkin, though, with, like, his line mates, I feel like there's always the there's always the notion that Sid is a really easy person to play with. And I don't think mm-hmm. Malkin gets that same, like, grace. Yeah. <laughs> like, so people always think that Malkin's really difficult to play with and he's really finicky with his line mates and how he develops chem- chemistry with them. So it's never, like, a... Oh, oh! Like maybe this new player will play with Malkin because they're just like, no, he has to play with the same people that he plays with because he can't, he can't, he doesn't know how to play with others, which is rude. But like that's yeah, but like that's such a laughable thing because Malkin's always playing with different line mates because whenever his line mates get hot, they always move up to Sid's line. So it's like he's always playing with other line mates, and you're right. Everyone says that. Sid is such an easy player to play with, but like he's not. And I for, I forget who it was. I think it was oh man. It was a tweet I like Jonathan Bomboli, one of my favorites. I knew it was gonna be him because you really like <laughs> I him. I do, I do. 
he said he tweeted out why did we ever think Kapanen would fit with Crosby he's perfect with Malkin imagine Sid's reaction if Kapanen did this on a 2 on 0 and the goal he's talking about is the one that was against the Sabres where Casperi um takes the, the puck he's basically on a breakaway and passes back to Malkin who's right behind him and Malkin scores and I was just like that is so true like Sid is <laughs> like he is not he doesn't like that. And that's fair. I mean, listen, we all have our own not we all. He has his own way he wants to play and that's <laughs> fine. But um Jesse Marshall broke down Casperi's goal very well. It's like thirteen minutes of him just like breaking down every single Jesus. second. And it's just the, the it's like it's so weird the way that Casperi and Gino are like orbiting around. Like they both kind of understand what's going on, even though nobody else on the ice understands what's going on. Like even the other penguins, like they're all in their their system, and like Gino and Cappy are doing their own thing. Like they're weaving in and out of the offensive zone, and like it basically paid off because the I believe it was the Rangers they were playing. They had no idea where either one of them were. And so, like, if Malkin can get in behind the defense and, like, not be noticed, that's, like, a really good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. And speaking of Malkin, because people were kind of, not now because he's playing well, but, you know, at the beginning of the season. But I just wanted to be known that Malkin is on a six-game point streak. And some of those um, games where he has points, they're multiple-point games. Yeah, four multi-point games. Yeah. So, it's not just been Malkin and Captain that have been good. The third line has been so surprising. Like, here's the thing. Every time I come on this podcast, I talk about how much I had no faith in Zach Aston Reese. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been so good. And, like, again, when I was like, Brandon Tanev, like, he shouldn't be, like, a really good player on this team. And he's been pretty, like, he's been good. And Bluger, of course, like, them three together, I feel like by themselves are, like, separated. They're not, it's not good. that great. But together, they're so good. It's insane. Like, to have another line that cycles, like, of the first or the second line is just, I, we haven't seen that in so long. We haven't seen that since Benino left. <laughs> and, like, what a throwback name. He's currently playing with the Wild, which is what? But I know. And so it's just, I mean, again, I will still stand by what I said last episode that I, or the episode before, but I said this before. I still don't think that the Bluger, Tanev, Zach Aston Reese line is as good as the HBK line. Mm -hmm. But I think it's better than what we've seen in a really long time. Yeah. And I feel like they offer... Or maybe I'm just, like, remembering the HBK line differently. But I feel like they offer more defense than that line never did. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, before, they were just a defensive line. And now... They, they're scoring? For some reason, we're seeing the offense. I know. <laughs> like, it's insane. Like, okay. It's insane. Oh. And, like, Bluger <clears throat> on the penalty kill getting, like, shorthanded goals... I'm not like, dare I say that's a kink? That's a kink for me. <laughs> like, a shorthanded goal? Especially when the power play is inconsistent? Like, a shorthanded goal? Like, yeah, I'll take that production. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they have been really good. I forget which game it was, but Tanev had a really nice goal recently. Where he was just, like, behind mm-hmm. the defense, and then he was just, like, in the perfect spot to just, like, rush it in. I feel like it was against the Sabres or the Rangers. But... Whatever. So, one thing I did, sorry, one thing, uh, Zach Aston Reese had a really bad hit uh, on Dylan Cousins in the Sabres game. Um, Just a nasty hit that did not need to happen. I like Dylan Cousins, so maybe I'm more, like, aggressive about this than I should be, but I just don't think, like, it wasn't necessary. Like, The way that the Penguins were playing, the way that the game was going, you didn't really need to throw a hit like that. And, like, Dylan Cousins looked, sh- like, shaken getting off the ice. Like, he, he didn't look like he knew where he was. Oh, no. And that's scary. And that's a young kid. Yeah. 
So, I mean, after, like, things that are going on with Tom Wilson and, like, all the other hits that are just pointless, it's just, if you don't, like, that hit doesn't need to and, happen. So, and Zach Aston Reese was a victim of, like, a hit that didn't need to happen. Yeah. And that had him yeah. out for, like, months. And so I... Exactly. And so I don't know if maybe he just feels like what well, happened to me, it can happen. It like, happened you know, to nobody me. Gets, I survived. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like it. And, and to that, I say it, he, it shouldn't happen. Yeah. Like that was a bad hit on him and it shouldn't have happened. So anyway, sorry. I know we're getting into the goaltender. <laughs> oh, yes. Another good thing is that Jari has been playing very, very well still. Like he was playing well the last time we recorded, but just he's. Turning into he's like still playing. Yes, well. he's turning into what we had expected <laughs> to see from him, and maybe it took him a few games to kind of like get into uh, game shape or whatever. And also, the defense is playing a little bit better, so they're help they're helping him out. But you love to see it for Jari, you really do. You, I, absolutely, and the way Jari plays, and I feel like is the way the Penguins play, like how like where their success lies because. Like I said, I mean, all three of the guy, the big guys need to be playing well, but it's really important for goaltending to be keep like giving them a chance. Being so, average, um, if not a little bit above average. Yeah. My question to you is, do you think that like, what is the real Jari? Do you think this play is the real Jari or what we saw in the beginning of the season? Hmm. I don't, I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to say that this Jari is the real Jari. I'm going to say I think it's a mixture of both. I don't think he's as good as he's been playing and I don't think he's as bad as he's been playing. But I hope that this good run, the Penguins can take advantage of it and bank some points so that if, a, like, you know, Jari comes back down to earth, um, they're still in a good place. And, and they've got their lines going and their chemistry going to the point where, you know, if he does come back to being, like, league average, they can still survive All on right. that. And we know they can score 5-on-5 five five because they can't score anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I kind of, like, I feel like we have this conversation every time we record, but special teams are still kind of sort of a mess. I feel like as of recently, the the penalty kill has been better, and now it's like the power play that's kind of like dropped back down. Um, but it's still not great at all. Yeah, their power play is now 23rd in the league, and their penalty kill is 23rd in the league. Better than what it was the last time we spoke, but again, you don't, like, bottom 10 in the league is not going to help you get into the playoffs so we need something to change and a power play with Malkin said Latang and Gensel should definitely be scoring more it shouldn't be like literally every other game they get one power one or two power mm-hmm. play goals no I completely agree with you I don't know what the solution is Me neither. because like you said with those guys it, it should be they should be able to produce I don't know if they need to simplify. I don't know if they, need, if they need to change people, their position. I definitely don't think that they need to get fancy because I know they like to have pretty power play goals, but they just need to put the puck in the back of the net. So. I was watching like some broadcast. It might have been the Pittsburgh one. Um, and they were just talking about, yes, like the, this power play, it passes so well. They do so many pretty passes. And they were like how they do like 17, a whole, like a whole power play. And I'm just like, I feel like that's not good. You shouldn't spend your whole power play just passing the puck. Like maybe shoot it once or twice. Well, yeah, for sure. And I mean, you like the offensive zone time, right? Like it's better for them to be in the offensive zone than in their own zone. But I think that, yeah, like you said, they need to get pucks on net. And, like, I hate to say a quote from Sullivan, but when he says, like, when you get pucks on net, like, good things happen. Defensive or defensemen get out of position. um, Then you get opportunities to score. So not a shout out to him. This is just (laughs) 
something that that's maybe true. Sullivan knows a thing or two. I don't know. Um, another thing that's not great, I would say, is the fourth line. <laughs> and that might be a little bit surprising because they came off of a pretty good game against Buffalo. But then again, it's right. Buffalo. And I don't know. I mean, obviously, I do know. Like, the, the, the players available are not ideal players. And some of that falls on the fact that there's been a lot of injuries mm-hmm. And so they're without Zucker, they're without McCann. So players like Evan Rodriguez, who would be ideally on the fourth line, are not. He's playing with Malkin. I'm fine about it. It's it's as long as Malkin and Captain are here, then <laughs> it doesn't I'm not matter gonna, who's the third. I'm not going to scream about that. But the fourth line is just it's just been a revolving door of of players, and I don't know if I trust. Uh, the line that was put out against um, the Sabres because like I said it's the Sabres (laughs) and I feel like I feel like something's gotta give there because you can't the fourth line right now is basically like you can't play them that much because like it's not an ideal amount of players so like I don't know if like Ron Ron Hextall needs to get someone that is good enough to be on our fourth line, but I don't know how he would do that because there there's not really much to say about them besides like you know they're not very good. Yeah, and sorry the four the fourth line that was out and that we're talking about is Sevier Jankowski and An- Anthony Angelo. Um, none of them have looked. I mean Angelo scored last game against the Sabres, but none of them really make me feel like there's no way they can't be in this mm-hmm. lineup. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Ron Hexall is even going to make any moves. Like, are the Penguins, like, from what you've seen, are they good enough that you make moves? Or do you wait a little bit more? Because, like, what, the trade deadline is a month from now. So they still have time, but they need to keep in mind that depending on where they get a player from they're gonna have to quarantine for a few i know that certain cities are limiting the amount of corn the amount of days quarantine needs to be or self-isolation um but it's still a possibility i'm just like well if, if they get zucker and they get mccann back like i don't remember like how long they're supposed to be out for then we have some wiggle room but Right now, it just doesn't look good. And then we have so many defensemen that P.O. Day, that he got sent down. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that P.O. plays better playing a ton mm-hmm. of minutes. And which, I mean, you know what? I actually don't disagree with. You can say who says it. I think it was like Jesse who said it. You could say who I said it. I don't know if it was Jesse. I think it might have been Josh Yohe. And that's why I'm like being Oh, never mind. never mind. Um, why don't. Like, the Penguins know that he's going to be here a long time, so put him in Wilkes-Barre where he can get 20, 30 minutes a night, you know, hone up on some things, and then, because they know he's going to be here in the future. But I just don't necessarily agree with that, <laughs> because I think that <laughs> P.O. is better than, I mean, yeah, you don't want him playing on his offside, right? So it's not like he's going to jump Matheson and he's not going to jump Pedersen. But can, do you think Pedersen has been playing Maybe he well? should. I mean, I know you're paying this guy. No, you can't scratch think... him. You're paying him $4 million, but... I, I, I kind of hate that notion. Like, hey, you can't scratch this player because they're making this amount of money. Like, I feel like that's that's kind of dumb. But... I, I agree. Like, I see the notion that, yeah, like, you want him to be playing. You don't want him sitting, like, in the rafters or whatever. But then I'm just like, well, he's going to get the most NHL experience or he's going to learn how to play better in the NHL by playing him in the NHL, yeah. like, no matter the time. And that's what I don't get. Like, I don't know. I don't really like when coaches scratch players to be like, oh, I want you to just, just like, watch from above because, like, they're going to get more out of it by practicing with the team in line rushes and and game and games so it's just like i don't know again i'm not a coach so who am i to say but i just feel like i don't know i'm like sad po's not there 
Like, yeah, yeah. It's like you want me to watch from above for players that are playing for players that are playing worse than I am. Like, what am I learning exactly. from them? Um, okay, so just overall, like, what are we, what are we thinking about the Penguins? Like, yes, they've played some not so good competition lately but how are we feeling what's the temperature you know i don't know what my temperature is with this team i don't completely believe in like i'm not sold i'm not completely sold i'd like to see a little bit more um this month is supposedly pretty like you know they're they're finally playing some teams they should beat uh, in like the Rangers, the Devils, Buffalo, but then they also play Boston and they play the Islanders. And listen, the Island, they've beat the Islanders, but they've went to overtime. So the Islanders still have got points and the Islanders right now are rolling. That's not till the end of the month. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess what I would like to see is this team against Boston. If I'm being honest, because there's some there's some moments where I'm like, oh, this team's really good. And then I'm like, oh, this team is garbage. Like, why would you let in? A, you can't let in a goal like that, a.k.a. the the first goal the Sabres scored in, <laughs> in that game. So we'll see. I think my big the big test for me is to see how they do this month. Do they beat the teams they need to beat? And how do they face they how do they face off against like Boston and the Islanders? Yeah, I think I agree because, yes, if you look at this, like, four-game win streak, you could be like, well, they played against the Rangers twice, they played against the Sabres, but it's just like, hey, you gotta, you gotta play the games in front of you, so if they're, if they were to lose some of those games, then I would be extremely concerned. And those Rangers games, they got outshot. So they won, so should they have? Exactly. Like, the Rangers were giving it to them, and the Penguins were getting bounces, like, and this is a Rangers team without Panarin. So it's like, they really shouldn't be doing this to y'all. But they do. So, <laughs> you know. And I think with the Sabres game, they had, they hit a lot of posts. Yeah, the, the, and this like, was, they had their own, yeah, they had their chances. They, had, they hit four posts. And they Oof. were without Jack Eichel. So, like, teams without their star player are still giving them fits. Like, I mean, obviously not too much because the Penguins won five to two or, or five to one or four to two, but it was still a close game. (laughs) That's just so, that's so Penguins. Like they're completely outshot, out chance. And yet they win by like two or three. Like that, what was the, it was the game against the Rangers where like the Penguins had no shots on goal until Sid put it in the empty net. Like, that's classic <laughs> penguins and not in a good way. Why are they like this? I honestly would like to do a deep dive and figure out because it's stressful. I think I they have a flair for the dramatic, honestly. They really do. Well, that is it for us this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, tell a friend. And if you really like this episode, give us a five-star review if you're listening on iTunes. So you can catch us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. Come say hi, and we will see you next episode. Bye. Bye.